Miller Lite, the official beer partner of your Philadelphia Phillies, is proud to serve as presenting sponsor of WIP's High Hopes Pod. So whether you're listening to the game, catching up on the latest High Hopes Pod, or at the ballpark, remember it tastes like Miller time, Phillies fans. Celebrate responsibly. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the High Hopes Podcast. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! It is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. It's a shame because that yo could have been, you know, 30% more enthusiastic. But still, you know what? Five, uh, f- uh, four and two West Coast, five and two West Coast trip. I'll take that, Jack. I mean, we haven't won back to back road series since 1994. Can you believe that? Um, no, I'm just kidding. I have, <laughs> I I, say, I, I have, that, that I have no idea. <laughs> Doesn't it feel somewhat believable? That's the messed up thing. But back to back road series, they take three or four from the Dodgers. Like you said to me before we started recording, was there any doubt in any timeline of this world that they were going to lose the game today? And, and obviously there wasn't, I was just wishing they wouldn't have made it so painful, but, um, yeah, could have been a super fun pod, but still, Look, I think, uh, you know, I think you feel much better. Last time we spoke, you know, you're you're trying to pull, uh, you know, optimism out of any tiny crevice where you can find it. Now there's real optimism to be pulled. You know, you know, they're they're hitting the baseball. They're starting to, you know, play some good baseball. And again, they had a great road trip, Jack. I mean, that's been one of the hallmarks of of the 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 sadness the last few years, but. You know, the fact that they end it with a gut-wrenching blow it in the ninth loss certainly feels appropriate. How you feeling, pal? So, honestly, how I feel, James, I feel is... amazing. I feel great. Everything's awesome. No, like, I, I genuinely, I don't know how to feel. Yeah, I, I was, like, I know. literally, for the last hour, I've been like, how do I approach this podcast tonight? Because, like, on one hand, I'm obviously excited. They took three or four, and the games this week... I, I don't know how I'm going to handle playoff games, James. Like, I just, I, I keep, I don't know if they'll ever make the playoffs again, so I don't know if I ever have to worry <laughs> yeah, about this that. Is but a, this is a potentially, you know, unimportant problem to worry about. Yeah. So I don't like, cause it's just, it's just, it's just heart wrenching. I mean, having to watch, having to watch close baseball games is just, it, for people that say baseball is boring, I guess they don't really care about their baseball team. Cause it's just, it's just gut wrenching and you could feel like you feel like they're going to lose a thousand times a game. And I literally tweet that a thousand times a game. So, um, it makes sense. But like, I genuinely, I don't know how to feel because I'm very excited that it was a five and two road trip. James, I, I, I never see this team play well on the road. I really don't. I don't, I, they never seem to be able to create their own energy. They never like the fact that they, they came back on 
on Thursday and Friday night and, and won games against the best team in baseball, the best team in the NL. Um, I thought that was massive, and I'm really excited. I thought Saturday they, they just kind of crushed them. Like, they just outplayed the Dodgers on Saturday. And then today happened, and it, it just – What a good phrase. Today well, it happened. Just, it, it just puts it. It puts a little bit of a damper. So yeah, for sure. You know, and I'm not because I'm not. Obviously, I'm not negative on the Phillies. Like I, I tried to tell people last week that I thought they were genuinely playing good baseball, and I think this series kind of proved that. But then today happens, and it's like, yeah, they are. There's talent here, but there's still that little feeling in the in the back of your head that's like, there. I don't trust them yet, and and that's what today was. Was like, see. That's why I don't trust them yet. And that's what honestly has me frustrated today and tonight is that because I, I just I just wanted to come on here and have a meltdown, excited, like parade back on. Who let uh, the Phils get like, over and over and over. I was going to annoy people with, with how excited I was. Um, and then, you know, that happened. It's like there it is. The, the little little feeling that they're always going to let you down whenever you start fully believing. But five and two road trip uh, again. I haven't seen them fight like that in a while. You know, James, we've done this podcast since 2017, 2018-ish, and we've obviously followed this team post-World post Series and good run. And it had been really, to me, since that kind of heyday where I saw them fight back against a good team and not fold. So I think that's a, a, a good sign, um, mostly encouraging. But again, today... Blowing into the ninth just leaves that little bit of doubt in the in the back of your head. Yeah, well, the the talking about you know the, how long we've done the podcast, it's you know for the most part been a, a pretty consistent theme. We're both big fans, and we both get excited, and we both sometimes go over the top with certain moves or certain you know because we're excited and we're fans and we want it to work and stuff. But for the most part, the dynamic is you trying to find the positives and me pulling you back from the positives. But I actually feel really good about the team, you know. I think you can look at it and say, you know, I think on two ends, to your point, the the fact that they keep blowing these games, look, they all three of the games that they won, uh, you know, the three close games, excuse me, two of them they won. And look, credit to them for winning two of three toss-up games against the Dodgers. But, you know, to all three, they blew games. They blew leads, you know? And it's funny because the, the smallest lead they blew was actually the one they lost, you know? But but they, they, they that can't happen. And you pointed out to me the audio after, uh, what was it, after Thursday night or whatever, yep, where Thursday Bryce... Night where Bryce was like, this can't happen. Like, we can't do this. And he's absolutely right. So from that perspective and then the combination of the fact that they have had some real no-show games, you know, the, what is it, eight times they've scored one run or less. So I think from that perspective, you can say, all right, that's concerning. But but I'm like, five and two road trip on the West Coast for a team that has struggled so long, to your point from before on the road, like, Again, I joked since I nine four, but it really does feel like it's been forever since they won back to back road series, and certainly it feels like forever since they went into to L.A. and won a series. Certainly a four game series, and you know the bats are 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 heating up, man. Like all of a sudden, and and it is you know kind of tampered by that you know eight game stat I just threw out there, but. All of a sudden, and everyone was tweeting it out over the weekend, but all of a sudden the Phillies are what, like top two or three in every single offensive category in baseball, literally. Um, so, you know, it is, there There are things to get excited about, and we'll get into it. And, 
you know, obviously some of the, the offense we've seen, some of, you know, the, the hot bats we're seeing is a are, are reason for excitement, and, and the starting pitching has been really good. But I definitely think it's fair to to uh, where where today, as much as I, I'm I'm positive about the road trip and I feel good about the team, today is a reminder that they are still the Phillies and that they're not where they need to be yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, and I'll say this: um, I I think my biggest takeaway, honestly, from the Dodgers series is that they do have a lot. And I mean a lot of talent on this team. You know, when, when even when everyone was down the last couple of weeks with with how lethargic they kind of looked, it just it it didn't add up to me in my head. And maybe it was just being the, the full on you know negadelphia ness of the whole thing. But I kept looking. I just don't know how you look at that roster up and down the lineup, up and down, and think, okay, like they do have talent here. It's not like they're going to be this seventy five win ball club. Like they're going to figure it out. And I think what this Dodgers series showed, I mean, their lineup went toe-to-toe, if not outplayed, one of the best lineups in baseball, if not the best lineup in baseball. And the Phillies, honestly, they look deeper than the Dodgers. So that's something that you can kind of take away and 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 feel good. I mean, I mean what Gene and mm-hmm. what Bryce are doing right now. And so why couldn't... Why couldn't Bryce get the, the the PRP shot after the game if he's gonna miss the two games? Like if he's gonna be off Monday anyway. I and, don't know. I don't know. Like I mean, what? I mean, it's whatever. It's a game in, yeah. in May, and I want to get him right. But it just, it just seemed weird to me. Like why couldn't you just do it after the game? You know what's the difference? But maybe. Yeah, honestly, I know, I, I, I give I give make the argument. Wait till he cools down and just give it to him whenever he's not gonna play the field again this season anyway. Let's all be honest with ourselves. Like, you know. Honestly, he's not going to play the field again. Give him the PRP a little later. He's locked in right now. Why mess with anything? I mean, he's the hottest hitter in baseball. And, you know, Dude, he's been 500 in his I last know, nine games. All of a sudden, his OPS is right around 1,000 again. And it was like 800 like a week ago. It's insane. And to your point, Gene has been on a serious heater. And that's the thing, you know, when you look at this lineup, and I agree with you, I, I think, you know, you look at the Dodgers lineup, and they have Moogie Betts and Freddie Freeman and. Um, you know, Max Muncy and who's and, batting 140 out of nowhere, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, he's struggling this year, but you know, they have Trey Turner, they have dudes, but I Justin do think Turner. and Trey Turner, I know, but Justin yeah. Turner, yeah, Trey also, Turner, yeah, they, they got yeah. dudes, but I do think the you know, when this Phillies time gets going, you know, you can put Harper right there with any of them, obviously, when he, you know, he was the best hitter in this series, obviously, without playing today, and you know, the top of the line, Castellanos is in that class. Schwarber heating up when he's locked in. But the bottom of the lineup, when Segura is getting going and Boehm has been good. And, you know, Stott had good at-bats this weekend. And, you know, it really is a deep lineup that, that you know, if they can kind of iron out a few kinks or or maybe make a trade for, a, as we talked about last time, like a, a prototypical true leadoff hitter um, before the deadline, you know, it has a chance to, the lineup's good enough to win with. There's no doubt. And I, and I think the starting pitching, which we'll get to is, you know, good enough to win with. It's just this team hasn't figured out how to win consistently and how to, you know, avoid the type of pitfalls that they had in this series, but you know, they won games. And then obviously the bullpen is a good turn. Yeah. But I mean, I guess you know we we we've seen them not be able to figure out how to win ball games. We we've seen them f- figure out more ways to lose games than win. But 
for the first time really in a while, and, and I guess what, what sucks so much about where we're at right now and, and frankly, my age, is that, <laughs> it, is that like, I don't remember what, fully what it's like to watch a team that knows how to win, you know? Like, I, I, I see it when it gets to the postseason, what it takes to win. So I'm kind of <laughs> watching the Phillies with blinders on sometimes. Like, is this how you're supposed to win? Is this how you're not supposed to win? Is this showing signs of life? Um, from that aspect, uh, from that standpoint, but I mean, I know how to win at, at a division two level. I mean, obviously, just oh, a, a pure winner. I mean, I mean, yeah, obviously. Um, but you know, honestly, for the first time in in since since we've been doing this podcast, like I, I feel like they found more ways to win this series than than did it. And the thing that I liked a lot more than what has happened in years past was we, we talk all the time about how frustrating it is just waiting around for the beginning and just, and it's, Oh, let's just wait for a three run home run. Cause that's something that happens all the time. I mean, six of the last 10 games, they do have double digit, double digit hits. Like they are scoring in different ways. I mean, I know Saturday night was a lot of moonshots and it was like, honestly, that game was euphoric. It was incredible. Like, it oh just, my God. I was I'm like, what was it? Three in, in that one inning. It was nuts. It just kept coming. It was, you know, yeah. Yeah. Like, Furious like, like, too is good. Yeah. I agree. And they hit Bueller up pretty like comparatively, at least early on for sure. You know, they do the Dodgers, the Dodgers like team ERA heading into the series was like one eight. Yeah. I mean like that's a team ERA. That's not just one ridiculous pitcher. And I mean, Bueller, Urias, they got they got two gifts in Anderson and, and whoever started today. Grove. But 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 uh I don't know like his they, first name, that's why I just said his I last forget name. his I forget his, I, I feel like it's like Michael Grove, maybe, but either way it's Grove. Definitely not Mike. Uh Matt Grove? I don't know. Um I like you say it's definitely not Michael, but then you say Matt. Like that's yeah. like Well it's it's called having conviction. It's uh it's part of one of my things. Yeah. Um Oh you're totally a conviction <laughs> guy, that's so true. Yeah. I don't flip flop at all. I don't. I don't let you my emotions do. get the best. Yeah, I'm of me. looking it up. Let's find out real quick. Here we go. Oh, it better ja- not be Mike. Jack, guess what his <laughs> name is? Oh, I cursed. Hey, Damn oh, it. here we go. You're addicted <laughs> to cursing now. <laughs> I'll fix that. I will fix that. I will not leave it in. Apparently, I left it in last time, and I apologize. I really thought I edited it. I downloaded a bleep and everything. I apologize. Either way, his name's Mike, and 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 I win, and I'm so happy. So happy. Listen, little wins, man. I, I get it. You got to take those when you can get it. So Michael Grove. Um, but the overall point is that is that the Dodgers <laughs> have, have have pitching in waves. I mean, that's what Andy McPhail was saying when he took over the team. Like, we need to have pitching in waves. Well, the Dodgers actually do. You know, they actually have a ton of guys. And and what the Phillies did to a Dodgers pitching staff is is something that no team in baseball has done to this Dodgers pitching staff so far. So I think that's notable. And I just I like I like where their approaches are at, James. It's a lot of opposite field thinking. And I think when you are thinking opposite field, you are more online. You know, I think right now Hoskins is more online. Uh Schwarber is definitely more online. Um Segura, Harper, I mean he's been pulling home runs, but you can just see him staying balanced. And I just I, I for my concerns about the bullpen, little concerns about the starting staff, where this lineup is at right now, you know, and, and, and the beauty of where this lineup, uh, how this lineup is constructed is that theoretically, if any of these guys are having a down spell, whether it's, you know, Cassianos goes cold or Hoskins goes through his streaks. <laughs> or like, Reyes, or Reyes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
they should have enough talent to where around them guys can pick them up. And that's kind of what you're seeing right now. Like this week, Harper and Segura and, and Reese carried them. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure two weeks from now, it's going to be like Castellanos will be, will be carrying them. But that's what happens when you have a lineup that's talented. So, um, so I just I, I felt like this week more than before, uh, they found more ways to win than they found ways to lose. Now the bullpen is a different story, but I think the fact that they 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 grinded it out, came back, had good at bats, that's almost more important when we're when we're evaluating the rest of the season because we kind of knew the bullpen wasn't going to be locked down. You know, I think they do have more talent than year pa- years past. I think they have guys back there with interesting stuff. I, I still mostly trust Corey Canables for Anthony being back is massive. Um, but what was going to make this team go was its offense and where they are right now, I think is a really good spot. All right. We'll, we'll get to the, the bullpen in a little bit. Cause you know what? Let's try and focus on the positives, right? Let's fritz it early on. I got I want to talk about specific guys. You mentioned a bunch of guys in there, but I want to uh, dig down a few. Let's start with, you know, kind of the yin and the yang, part positive, I guess, with this part negative, but the yin and the yang of the weekend, too, where we get the three straight wins, and it feels like we're going to sweep or one out away from a sweep, and then it's, you know, snatched from us as, you know, and then it's uh, funny that that's like the, you know, I don't know, 41st most painful loss of the last three years or five years or whatever you want to say. Um, but, um, the Harbor thing, cause you know, locked in, as we just talked about, raised his OPS like 150 points or whatever in like a week, like is like just on such an unbelievable heater became that, you know, the Jason Stark tweet where he was like the first player to come in that back to back, you know, uh, home run, multiple extra base hit games at Dodger stadium ever and all this stuff. Um, but then, you know, he's out today for the PRP. He's going to miss potentially Tuesday as well. Um, and, you know, he's got UCL tear. <laughs> so where are you at with the Harper thing overall? Well, James, I guess for the first, I, I don't want to do this. I really don't. Um, and, and it pains me to say this, but thank God for the DH. Yes, you know, you, you, buddy. You can, oh, yes. Welcome. You can, oh, you can cut that Lord, audio. Yes. If you want to cut that audio, oh, I don't yeah. care. For our non-existent podcast producer. You can you could cut that audio all you want. Was that a plea to get a producer? Because I'm in on that. You know, if anyone wants to produce the pod, hey. I mean, I mean, do, do we really need one? No, I'm mostly just yeah. joking around. Yeah, I mean, there's, that's not it's not rocket science. No, there. it's edit and post it, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So thank we're God supposed for to DH. make it seem like a lot more work, Jack. All right. The yeah, van, I would say I would argue, bit, you know, I would argue staying up till two in the morning. The, the for most of this week has been more taxing than <laughs> the forty five to an a, hour where you and I get to just, great point. where you and I point. get to just be idiots on it this. So is, on this I, podcast. So, I'm still feeling it. I haven't recovered yet. Yeah, I slept until like nine today and I don't even know if that was enough. But yeah, yeah, regardless. The, all right. So anyway, as you were saying with Harper, like, uh, you know, thank God for the DH. I'm glad it's here because if it wasn't. <laughs> We would the think about what we would be robbed of right now if, if, if he would Bryce, he would have been out for the last month and then we just would have gotten an update saying he's out for at least another month before he even starts throwing so it'd be like oh so he's gonna be out for at least three months and potentially the entire season like how insane is that like yeah, Bryce yeah. Harper would not have had a season this year if it weren't for the DH and then you see what Bryce is doing it's like well, I know like, I know um, he's like MVP Bryce the last two weeks. 
Yeah, and it's and it's been it's been unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I'm not as as down on as you are when it comes to thinking if he's going to play the field again. I I do think he will get get out there, but I like that you're setting the expectations low and painful because that's what we do um, <laughs> with this with this baseball team. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I I, I think he's <laughs> convincing. Well, I don't know what I don't know what else I'm supposed to say. Like, there is nothing to say. Look, he's getting I, the PRP injection, yeah, which I, I think is good. I like the PRP injections. I think those are, you know, really. Uh, it's a cool, um, you know, it's a cool, you know, um, uh, technology and a cool. I think it could help. But you know, how often do we see the UCL tears not end up in Tommy John? You know, now it's different for a pitcher because they have to, you know, use that arm a lot more aggressively and stuff. But and obviously more consistently, but. Um, it's concerning, but either way, you know, if he's hitting like this and it clearly is not affecting his offense, then, you know, let him hit and, and he's the yeah. DH and it is what it is. Yeah. The, it is what it is. So yeah, I got two thoughts on two thoughts on Bryce real quick. Okay. One, I, I do hope that this leads him to start taking his throwing mechanics seriously. Like we all know Bryce has a hose, but when he throws, it's pretty much all arm and it puts a lot of strain on that elbow. Like it just, and now I like he got hurt this year in years past. He would kind of, he's been shaking it before. It's because he puts a ton of strain on his arm because he doesn't really get behind the ball and throw it. He kind of just stands flat foot and foot, flat footed and throws it. So hopefully this is kind of a wake up call. Like, dude, you need to make sure you, you hone in your mechanics out there and you're not putting a, a ton of strain on your elbow. And the other thing is, you know, he kind of has a little bit of Embiid in him. Yes, where, the drama queen thing. No, where, no. where Because like, I do he, think he has that too, where sometimes he'll like let you know he's hurting a little bit, you know? He does that. He does that a little bit. I agree. But what I mean with, what I mean with Embiid is like when Bryce is going right, I mean, the Phillies are like a 95 win ball club. When, uh, when front runner type of thing. Well, a little bit, you know, it's not, I don't think it's baseball's harder, but you can just kind of sense the energy level is up when Bryce is going. And when Bryce is kind of down, you see, you, you see how they've, they've played in years past. So, you know, he, like, and that's, that's something, honestly, I hope that he notices and I hope that he kind of says like, okay, listen, I'm the leader my, how I act may influence how hard we play or whatnot. And, and kind of just always laying it on line and that kind of stuff. Cause that's what the first three games of the series was. It was like Bryce is going bang. The rest of the team like kind of follows suit and follows their leader. And, 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 you know, I think that's going to be something to monitor going forward when he gets back. Yeah. Um, I, I a hundred percent agree with you. And look, when he's locked in, he is, so special right now. So it is such a difference maker. All right. Uh, the other guy is on a heater right now and a longer one, you know, not quite as intense as, as Harper the last few weeks, but, but Segura has been awesome. And, and in a lot of ways, he's been, in, you know, played a really strong second base. He's like, you know, for, you know, it feels like we've come so long since the, uh, you know, Andrew McCutcheon ACL hustle thing. Like I feel like Segura hustles as much as anyone. Like he is like, really busting his ass out there and you know maybe it was a dumb decision the other day and that was it i remember it was thursday or friday when he tagged on like basically the pop out to second base but you know he's really out there you know going for it and i appreciate it and he's been locked in offensively and he's the kind of guy who look he's had seasons in the past where 
he could be this hitter for the majority of the season. Like, it's not like he's not someone who's like a Reese Hoskins where it's like, let's take the hot streaks when we get it and have the cold streaks. Like, if Segura can stay healthy and stay in the lineup, there's at least not, you know, as hot as he's been the last few weeks, but that he could be a 300-ish hitter for this team with this type of, you know, 14 home run power or whatever. And, and if that guy can be consistent for this lineup to the conversation we were having before, it just could be such a massive thing to have some consistency when there are some some streaky hitters between Schwarber and Hoskins and Harper potentially in this lineup. Well, the thing with with Gene is that the the the, the part I love about Gene's game right now is obviously the hitting is great and he's hitting the ball out of the yard and he's kind of spraying it a little bit, but he is legitimately stolen three runs on the bases this week, which yeah. is yeah, which is big. I mean, that's that's what winning ball clubs have to do. That's the little things that it takes to 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 consistently win in this league. So he he's done that little stuff. You know, he st- stole second and then he's able to score on that. I think last night. So. You know, just doing those little things that the winning winning teams do the little things. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, he's been really good here for for a, a good stretch. I mean, he he got off to a bit of a slow start this year, but it seems like he's kind of figured it out towards the bottom of the lineup. You know, I, I think on most nights it's either going to be Schwarber in the leadoff spot or Hoskins in the leadoff spot, and the kind of reason that I like. Um, I, the, the kind of the reason I like Hoskins in the leadoff spot is late in games. Like what's been kind of killing the Phillies in, um, you know, late in late in games. I guess is that the, the, the other teams will bring in lefties towards the bottom of the lineup, and it'll go Schwarber, whatever, and and then whoever's batting the two hole, you know, whether it's Bohm, JT, uh, Segura, like if they don't come through. Then it's it's pretty much just two automatic outs with, with Bryce and and Schwarber. Obviously, Bryce has been better against lefties. He's a, he's just a good overall hitter. I mean, he obviously you know took Urias deep last night. But what what has kind of sunk the Phillies late in games is these this Schwarber righty Harper uh, situation where guys can just bring in their lefty and kind of shut down any momentum the Phillies have. So I kind of like Hoskins at the top of the lineup, but. Um, Segura is a, is a traditional two hole hitter, but you know, I actually like him down in that six, seven spot where he can kind of turn over the bottom of the lineup. And, you know, honestly, when a pitcher that like they get through the, the Castellanos, Hoskins, Schwarber, Real Muto, whatever, however they do the four, five, six. And then it's like, oh crap, not going to face Gene Segura. Like it's just a, it's a different kind of at bat for most pitchers to go through. So, you know, the, the interesting part about Gene is he plays really good second base. It seems like this year more than ever, the shifts are actually working. Shout out to our guy, Ani. You know, he's just, mm. he's, he's been in the right spot. And I I don't know how you really let him walk this offseason. I know people have been talking about, oh, we get off the Segura contract at the end of the year. Are you sure you want to move on from Gene Segura? I mean, if he's giving you that kind of production from second base, playing really good, solid defense, and and making winning plays in the base pass, base pass. Like I, I, I want to make sure he's around. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there's a, a clear fix for second base in the organization. Like even Stott. Okay. You put him at second base. Who's a shortstop, you know? So if you want to move on from, well, they better move on from DD this off season, but well, obviously it, they will. I mean, that right. But you put, you put Stott at short, you know, why not resign Segura? So I think he's actually 
working himself into being a re-sign candidate for this team, which is something I was not expecting heading into the season. Yeah, and look, there's a long way to go before that. We'll see how it plays out. But he's certainly, if he continues this production, that's certainly a potential outcome. All right, a couple quick hitters, and then I want to want to talk about the bullpen. But quickly, um, and then obviously the take bag in the top five. Um, Schwarber, a nice road trip for him. You know, had the homers in back-to-back games. Didn't get hit today, but had two walks. You know, starting to kind of get it going a little bit, feels like. Had the homer in Seattle. Um, where are you at on Schwarber, and, and do you think he's kind of turning a corner, or is this just you know, some power and he's going to get a hold of one and, and not really, not really excited about it. Well, no, I, I think, I mean, he got on base three times today. Um, he was hit by a pitch in one of those at bats. And overall, I thought he had good ABs. Um, oh, all yeah, week. I did. It almost looked like he didn't get hit on that one. It was so close. Like if he just started walking at first with such confidence, it was like, okay. Yeah, no, it's uh but whatever. I mean, he needed to get his on base percentage up. I mean, he uh, that was part of the the selling of of Schwarber here. Um, but honestly, like I, I think he, I think we're about to see uh, a really good prolonged stretch from Kyle Schwarber. You know, I, I uh, early in the season I felt like he was kind of pulling off everything. You know, there was a lot of a lot of soft contact, and for a guy who I thought was was really good at making swing decisions, I felt like through the first you know month of a se- month of the season. I didn't like what he was doing at the plate. Didn't feel like the Kyle Schwarber that I had kind of grown accustomed to seeing. But really, this this last little bit here, you know, he's been he's been much more on on plane. He's been much more balanced. Um, his hands look really fast. Um, like even his pop ups, you know, it's it's like he just missed that. Um, and there's been a couple instances where he's fly, he's flown out to the warning track, and it's just like here we go, dead balls. But um, no, I, I, I legitimately, I, I feel good about where I was for, I was really frustrated, uh, up until like, you know, a, a week and a half ago. Um, but I, I, I do genuinely believe he's having good at bats. He's kind of, you can kind of tell, you know, like when there's, when new players come in it, it takes a little bit to, to figure out when they're going to have to get going, when they're, when they're going to get right. And I just feel like now we're starting to see it when he's on balance, the ball's going to left center field. Um, he's fouling off good pitches. He's he he has a little bit he has a little bit of Soto when he's not getting his pitch where he just kind of just kind of throws the bat back and is a little bit frustrated when he's not getting a, a pitch he thinks he can do damage with. So um, you know the, I I like where he's at right now and I think we're about to get the real Kyle Schwarber for the next little little stretch here um, because it's been frustrating so far, but. You know, he has generally been a slow starter, and I'm good with Schwar- with where Schwarber is at. Yeah, again, if you look at his stats from last year, it was right around this time last year. Same same stats, more or less, especially from a you know, average respect and all that. Um, all right, um, I want to get to the bullpen in one sec. Um, Rees, last time we talked, you just had the nice series in, or the nice first few games in Seattle, the, the couple homers. I think a good series in LA too had the homer yesterday. Also, you know, honestly, I think he's played better defense. He's done a really nice job with unbelievable this, right. Did like that. the stretches in general, I think he's done a great job on the receiving end at first base, like a really great job this year. And obviously, he's not you know the most agile or you know going to cover the most range out there. But I feel like Reese has improved defensively. 
I do too. And and that's not something I was expecting to say ever on this podcast. Because <laughs> um, there's just been so many instances where the where he just he can't scoop the ball and it goes past him. Um, but he had like th- he had three scoops today. I don't think I've ever seen him make. Well, the first one I've seen him make. The second two I've never seen Reese make those kind of scoops. Like he he just has he hasn't done that in the past. So you know credit to him. You know I I think he. I mean you 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 heard the story uh, after the they got rained out on Friday and Saturday where him and Kevin Long just had like grinded out sessions in in the batting cage. So it seems like he kind of figured that out a little bit. And, and Reese is really good on this road trip. Seems to really love playing on the West coast. Like we get our, our best Reese when he is on uh, the West coast. Yeah, like it seems do. like it, it kind of just gets him going a little bit, which is good. Um, but really defensively, like, uh, you know, that, that double play, they turned late in the game. It's like, I've, I've never seen him scoot the ball like that. So, you know, that's him putting in work and it does, it does go to show you that players tend to get better defensively. And frankly, you know, I think you could make the case that Bobby Dickerson has been the most important offseason uh, coaching addition to the staff. I think Kevin Long, you're starting to see um, kind of what Kevin Long brings to this team. You know, I think the at-bats have been better. I mean, you don't get top five in slugging and top five in every offensive category unless you're doing something right. So, obviously, the talent is there. But I I, I like where, where K. Long has these guys right now. But – Bobby Dickerson had a way harder job. I mean, Bobby Dickerson had to be tasked with having like the worst defense in the history of baseball on paper and making it serviceable. So it's not killing him. And, you know, I think bohm has been solid defensively. He, for some reason, can't get any ball that's hit down the third baseline. Like it just, it's automatically through for a base hit, but whatever, as long as he's making the plays in front of him, we'll take that. But I think Bohm's taking good steps forward. I think Gene takes good step forward. Um, it's, it might go unnoticed, but I mean, the Bryson Stott tag today on the, on the Garrett Stubbs throwdown, that was a really fast tag that I know Bobby Dickerson was working with these guys on. So that's Bobby Dickerson. And then you look at a guy like Reese. I mean, Reese has been not a great defensive uh, first baseman in his career made two game saving plays today that, that good teams have to make if you're going to win and try to make the playoffs. So I think Bobby Dickerson has just done a really good job. Um, and he, he is a, he, uh, every time they talk about him on any broadcast, whether it's radio or TV, they just rave about how early he's out there throwing or hitting fungos and, and, and making sure he's grabbing guys and, and doing extra work with them. And that's what has to happen when you have a defense that is not super talented on paper and, and making sure that they are not killing you. I mean, James, this, this, this defense for as much as it's been crushed heading into the year, it hasn't totally killed them. Like I think we thought it was going to. No, certainly not as the seasons wore on, you know, there were some incidents early, obviously remember the bomb stuff and, you know, there were some, some bad play early on, but I think they've really settled into, you know, being better than expected, if nothing else. Again, I think range is an issue across the board, but you know they've kind of gotten the balls that have come their way. You know, which I think is uh, you know, more than more than I expected. In all honesty, so I'm with you on that. Um, all right, uh, you know, if you have anything to say about the starting pitch, I'm sure you could say in the take back. Not much to say. You know, Noel was great today. Noel's been great. Um, you know, got, Gibby had his first bad outing of the season. Um, you know, not much to say. So let's just get to the, you know, the main course before you get to the take bag and stuff. Um, you know, outside of Sir Anthony, who, you know, has clearly been the the bright spot, like shining bright spot compared to the rest of the bullpen. He's just been everything you could hope he'd be and more coming back from from that injury and in high leverage spots. But 
outside of that, you know, dude, they keep playing games. Like, Familia is a disaster. Alvarado is terrifying. You Canable today. I thought I felt great about Canable. And, you know, another one today after the 7 1 1. And I know it's back to back days, but still. And, you know, it's, uh, I think, you know, every single Phillies fan right now, we talked about the defense, defense, defense. To your point, every single one would say bullpen is the biggest concern with the team by far right now. Yeah, and and honestly, that's the one thing that makes it so frustrating. You know, they did, um, they did win three or four, but then, you know, how they won three or four also matters. I think it's important that they that they fought back, but it's also, I mean, the 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 the, the, the bullpen did blow it, and they did kind of multiple um, times, both of them, times. all of them. They blew the other than the eight three game, uh, the Saturday game where, by the way, a two hour and 40 minute game an eight, three baseball game. That was two hours and 40 minutes. It was unbelievable. Um, but the, uh, yeah, like, you know, how does that happen? Uh, you know, Thursday and Friday, it was a seven, one lead and like an eight, one lead, whatever. It's like, how does this happen? Nine, seven in the ninth, the home run, you know, on Saturday or Friday. Like, how does that happen, Jack? It's crazy. And then today, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And the thing that, the thing that just, I, we go through it every year and they're bullpen pieces for, or for a reason. It's like cornerbacks. The reason they're not receivers is because they can't catch. Well, bullpen pitchers are bullpen pitchers because they can't locate most times. Because they're so, not starters or because they don't have enough pitches or whatever because they're not starters. All pitchers wish that they were starters. Right. And, and like, these guys, and they come out of the bullpen, they have no idea where the ball's going. It just, it just drives me nuts. And, I mean, Familia and Alvarado innings are just – they are just terrifying. They are, they are gut-wrenching. They're awful. They are not inspiring, I would say. Um and you know what's frustrating is like they they optioned Francisco Morales before even you know while we're doing this podcast. I was like, gonna well, bring it up; it made no sense to me. He looked great in the little bit of time he got. Yeah, I mean, he. I like him. It's just like I can't trust him yet, and he still has the control issues. But he, at least he has stuff. I mean, his his slider is is like a better version. This isn't like the most inspiring comp, but <laughs> it it reminds me a ton of Edgar Garcia's slider, except has more depth and is actually a <laughs> I love pitch. that you went Edgar Garcia. <laughs> I know. How's that for a, is that, is that giving uh, confidence in, in Francisco? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just, <sighs> they do have better stuff than in years past. And it's frustrating when like Hector is having the years that he's having out in Houston, which was like never a doubt. And, and we're sitting here agonizing through through Alvarado and and Familia innings, um, but you know it, it, they're they're a lot like the lineup where a guy's gonna be hot and you're gonna kind of have to ride him. You know, I think there's a lot of people freaking out about Knable, and I think the biggest thing I learned this week about Knable is that I don't trust him uh, on back to backs or two out of three days. You know, I think when he has a couple of days rest and then has to come in and close, I think he's much better. But you know, I felt like today and. Even his last outing, you know, he is so used to be able to just throw 97 that when his arm's tired and he's 95, he tries to make up for it by really reaching back and going for it. And when he really reaches back and goes for it, it causes you to miss your spot by two feet to, to Cody Bellinger. And he smokes one down the line and, and, and you know, puts the, puts the Dodgers in business there. So, you know, he's one of those guys where 
I think when he's rested, he's a really good closer, but um, I don't trust him when it comes to back-to-backs or, or two out of three days. So you go from Knable concerns out of nowhere. You go to Sir Anthony, who's been really good. But again, last night, runners on first and second, hard hit ball that they were able to kind of get out of it. That's whatever. We take that. Um, I think Brad Hand doesn't look – like I just – I. <laughs> I don't. I don't trust Brad Hand. I think the the results are fine at this point, but uh, another guy who I feel like has no idea where the ball is going. Um, Alvarado, obviously, Familia, obviously. So that's you know three. That's four out of the five guys at the back of your bullpen that you don't trust on a night in night out basis. I think Canable most times get the job done, but we see today uh, that's obviously not going to happen every time. Um, and then it goes down to like. Okay, Brogdon looks pretty good last night. Got it back up to 97, and changeup looked pretty good. You have the the Norwoods, who they are are having more confidence in, which is good because I think there is legitimate upside there. Um, but other than that, like Nick Nelson, I think has some stuff. There's just there's not guys that you can trust, and and unless Girardi starts trusting the young guys more in high leverage spots, I think you're going to see more of the Familias and, and the Alvarados, instead of seeing, you know, Norwood, Bilotti, Nelson, it's just, it, 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 for some reason, well, not for some reason, it's obvious with Girardi. It just takes him. I can't him, stand him. Can't it just takes him. him forever to, to really trust young players. Whereas these old guys that have quote unquote done it before, just get the longest leash as possible. It's brutal. Honestly, it's one of Girardi's biggest deficiencies as a manager. And there are many, um, all right, uh, take back, Bunny. Well, the first part of take back is I don't think I've seen worse managing. There we go. Oh, see, look at that. I, I, it was like, uh, perfect. That was perfect. Well, it's just like, a, I thought, I thought Joe Madden in game seven of the 2016 World Series was some of the worst managing I've seen in my, the worst managing I've ever seen in my entire life. I know they won, but it was egregious how he managed that game. But how Girardi managed, managed the eighth. Uh, on Thursday was was up there with without like I have I have like some stuff written down the Girardi files but like it's pretty much just what the hell are you doing in the in the eighth inning of the of the God. the game on Thursday yeah. night so I hate him man I hate him well, I want him it, up my team it was so it was so bad but hey shout out to Joe last night up five in the eighth he didn't go to to yeah he went Sir Anthony there that was good you're right you're right. Very proud of him. That's that's a big step forward. It's a big step forward. Yeah. Um, one thing I have in the take bag, and it's it's, I just I I feel like the pitching staff as a whole is a is a ticking time bomb. Like I just even the even the starting staff, and I know the numbers are the numbers, and I I I like where most of them are at. Like Ranger Ranger, the last two starts. By the end, it's like, okay, Ranger is obviously good. But there was also periods within the first three innings of both starts that was like, this could get out of control. And then he writes himself, and credit to him, he, he writes himself and and gets on plane and finishes through JT rather than falling off to the side. But, um, like, even Ranger, I don't – I'm not, like, on the train of he's back. You know, I'm not where I was last year where I just trust him with my life to go six or seven innings, uh, three runs or less. Like, 
because there are periods early in games where I think it kind of uh, spiral out of control a little bit. I think Nola's definitely more back than he's not. You know, his fastball command has, again, been, been the best I've seen since 2018. Uh, Wheeler, definitely more back than not. Gibson was that like that's what we saw a lot of last year, James. And and what frustrates me about Gibby mm. is every time there's runners on base, I feel like he starts panicking and, and he doesn't focus on on getting outs and he's and he um you know, I, I think he just lets it kinda unravel more than being a stopper. So, um, you know, I think there's some there's some Gibson concerns for me. It just they're pitching well as a whole, as a starting staff. The ERA is under three in their last, you know, in the last three weeks. But I just don't have this great, overwhelming feeling that the starting staff is 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 dominant. The Mim has one bad start, and you make fun of his nickname. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Listen, cool, cool. that's what happens. It's a. I mean, it's who a, doesn't what like Gibby? Like, like, I get it. He's not the best pitcher. We all agree on that. But like, who has to hate on Gibby? I don't get it. There it's, was no hate on Gibby. It's such a weird. It it's, such a weird it's such a weird angle to hate on Gibby. I mean, he's he's like the you know, one of like the five most likable guys. Um, all right, Fred. Now I I get your point. I do think I think Nola is real cause for optimism. He looks he looks really good, man. And the fact that they keep losing every game he starts in painful ways that are, are you know it's weird i'm not gonna lie but well it's like hamels yeah, it's like watching it, old hamels. it really is i had the exact same thought jack um but he's been great um all right what else you got uh i'm not i'm not hating on gibby it's just stop with the curve i'm ball. just messing stop around. with the curve ball, just, oh by the way with the with the bullpen <laughs> one thing I, I meant to mention thinking about gibby obviously you know because he was a trade deadline guy you know, and again, you have to make the right moves and all that. But theoretically, one potential positive with the pen is that it is probably the easiest part of the team to, you know, fix on the fly during a season, so to speak. So, you know, for what that's worth. Yeah, it's just like what what I'm what I'm already dreading is like we we trade for a reliever who is is kind of past his like prime. Craig Kimbrell or something. Well, it's like Kimbrel, uh, you know, Michael Fulmer, you know, like these these older relievers. Dombrowski's like, I know that guy. He he, yeah, he was like, on my team. I drafted I don't want, Michael Fulmer. Let's get him. I'm I have very I have very little interest in. He didn't draft Michael Fulmer. I was joking. I know he actually. He traded he, for him though, didn't he? I guess he did. Probably. Well, I don't know if he was with the Boston. I don't know if he was, if he was with Boston yet because that was 2015. No, I'm so. talking about with Detroit because it, Fulmer was a, a Met prospect and then got traded to Detroit. So either way, go ahead. Yeah. Well, honestly, you know, just it's it just you, you're playing good point point guard right now because you're kind of setting up a take bag, which is like that's when you know this podcast is in good sync. <laughs> um, but I just I have no interest. Like, I have no interest in another familiar. Oh, he's got a job done before. Oh, Brad Hand's got a job done. Yeah, before. I agree like, with you. I like, like familiar could go right now. Honestly, I, he could go and I wouldn't notice. I'd be fine with it. Well, yeah. Well, I know. I, I think I know. I think I'm you, being extreme, but I I do You're not I do dramatic. not enjoy watching him pitch. That's for sure. No, not especially when he's short arming it like oh, he was today. Yeah. Um, but I just like I want you to go. I want them to go spend real prospect. Uh, inventory or whatever, yeah, and, like and David Bednar or something like that. Yeah, dude, Bednar is like my guy. He has five yeah. years of control left, which makes it tough. Go get, just go get one. Of, but you're, that's your point. Like, go get one of those dudes from like a team. Dude, go and, get Josh Stallman from the yeah, from the Royals. Sure, 
Um, so like, I, I want them to go and get a legit dude. I don't want to deal with another like older. I totally get it. I like the Padres gave him Chris Paddock, but they got Taylor Rogers. He's a legit, legit dude. So I get it. And the Phillies, the Phillies for the first time in a while actually have excess pieces in the minor leagues that don't really make sense for the major league roster within the next like four years. So yeah, no, I um, like that. That's a good call. Yeah. It's honestly the thing I care the most about. Uh, heading into the deadline. You know, I don't think they need offensive help. I think hey, staff... hey, hey, keep the perfect deadline tight. You know, don't tell them <laughs> what it's going to be yet. All right. Jeez. All right. But all right. First that's rodeo, fine. Jack. Come on. That's fine. But I will say Ethan Wilson and Logan Ahoppy and plus <laughs> for David Bednar is already pretty much going to be my uh, deadline. Dude, so. Bednar is so nasty. That dude is so nasty. How about the kid in that? Uh, they, uh, they wouldn't train, but the, the, Kid in Minnesota too. What's his name? Dohan or whatever. Duran. Duran. Oh, dude. Yeah. Dude. He is. He's like. He's like Gratterall, except actually good. Yeah. All right. What else you got? Um. Hold on. I want to make sure I. Yeah, it's Duran. Okay. I want to make sure I didn't mess up his name. Yeah, his name is like Johan Duran or something. I think is what it is. Like J H. Uh, Anyway, go ahead. What was I gonna say? Um. I think the. I think those two rainouts were actually really important for this team. You know, they they were at home, so they were able to kind of get away from the field for two days. There was so much so much expectations on this team heading into the season, and they came out slow, and a lot of people were, were freaking out about them, and they were down on this team. And, you know, I, I think those two rainouts were, were they can kind of just go home or, you know, Reese came in and, and – had marathon hitting sessions with with Kevin Long, you know I think I think that's actually and you you saw how they played. I mean even Sunday had ten hits off Scherzer, played well in game one, game two they laid an absolute egg. But you know they went on the road to Seattle, took two or three, and then took three or four from the Dodgers. You know I think that both going on the road, getting away from here, being able to kind of get a mental reset and those two rain delays, I think they really helped this team just from a mindset uh, a standpoint. And I, and it's just one of those things that I want to file away for the future. Uh, 2023, 20, <laughs> no, 2022. And, and the most important yes. 2026, obviously. Well, they're the team I care about the most, but you could argue it's the most important rate to back to back. I don't. I, uh, I actually was going to make a point like that too. I didn't, you know, I think the rain delays are a good way to put it, but also just that they have bounced back since that, you know, all time horrendous loss. And, you know, they didn't, you know, win the double header on Sunday, but they beat Scherzer and teams usually don't, the Phillies certainly don't seem to win a lot of double headers. Um, but then they won five seven on a road trip or whatever, you know. So that's pretty good, especially against the Dodgers. So yeah, like I said earlier, I'm I'm feeling much better than not about the team right now, even despite today's loss. Well, I think what I think how I genuinely feel is that we're gonna have a summer of competitive baseball, and I don't think it's gonna be a summer of bad baseball. I think we we kind of mix those two up. Whereas the last couple of years, like. Yeah, they're in first place in August and September, but they're not actually good. Like I I genuinely think that this team is more good than bad. And I think that this the summer actually has a chance to be a, and especially, I mean, the, the 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 second James that the the weather heats up a little bit out west, the offense just comes more than alive. So, you know, I think that I think they're I thought they were playing good baseball heading into this West Coast trip, and I just I like that a 5 and 2 trip kind of confirms those beliefs that yes they are playing good baseball now the key is 
coming home and doing the same thing because they've actually looked better on the road, I think, this year than than at home. Which is just absolutely impossible to believe. All right, what else you got? <laughs> um, I don't think I've ever seen a, a worse swing and miss than O'Double today with the <laughs> he swung oh it was horrible legs. horrible like I, embarrassing like maybe the like i it was a one of the worst swings i've ever seen yeah i'm with you i mean just from, like, he, there have probably been worse but it was really bad like there's a lot of frustrating things about doable and by the way is uh i think his OVP is back down to 300 which is classic given that oh he's hot for a week oh no he's actually good no he stinks but um, it, like I, there's, there's a lot of frustrating things about Odubel, but nothing is worse than when he goes up there just uh, trying to swing at everything, you know, and you can tell from the first pitch, like if they'll, they'll throw a first pitch slider and he won't even be close to it. And then it's like, okay, this is going to be one of the Odubel bats where he just swings it. You could, you could throw the ball 54 feet and there's a, a good chance that he swings at it, which he did. And the ball went through his legs and uh, Joe Davis on the Dodgers broadcast was just beside himself. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I I don't blame him. Uh, I'm with you. Okay, it's a lot of I'm with you. You know, sounds like you know, sounds like sounds like someone's ready for bed. No, I just don't have a strong. <laughs> time. A I of, mean, I don't. I, 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 I to be fair, <laughs> yes, I am ready for bed without a doubt. But I just like you know, I everyone knows how I feel about Odubel. I I 100% agree. I I hate watching him play baseball. The fact that his OBP is back down is the least surprising thing I've literally ever heard in my life. I would have been shocked if it weren't. So yeah, I'm I'm with you, buddy. You know what the funniest part about doing this podcast is, James, is that I feel like you and I finally, by year four, like we've just seen all this before. You know, (laughs) know. it's just all—it's all all there. It's all familiar. You know, and like I—it's so familiar. Yeah, like, dude, I, you know, I'm just not surprised. There's nothing. The the times that I actually get angry are the things that I'm that I'm not surprised by. You know. Like seven one was one of those nights. Same, that it was just same, like, same. Really, it's like no way. Like enough. Like this like, is like, stupid, dude. Knable blowing the game today was nothing. I mean, frankly, oh, it was, dude, I was honestly, I was expecting. It. I was like, sure, yeah, okay. Do you? Are you now? Are you? A, before I get my top five, are you a fan of my of my new bit of betting against the Phillies when they're up late in games? So. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, is it working? Is it working? They're three and one. They're three and one. So then, yeah, that's good. I actually started doing push-ups on the road trip. So five and two on days I've done push-ups. So, you know. Are you feeling stronger? You know, I'm just saying, you know, you're always like, oh, Mr. Runner guy, I got to help the Phillies out and it never works. (laughs) But I did push-ups and they're five and two. So I'm just saying. So I'm going to keep doing push-ups and see what happens. But like I overall, just want to say if they they're five and two as so far, depending on what the record is, I I most likely will have saved the season at some point. That's all I'm saying. Okay, well it doesn't count until you tweet about it. Like the fact that you even no, brought it I'm up. No, I'm not yet. like you. I don't need to tweet about it. It counts when I say it on the I Hope's podcast because the only thing that matters. All right. Overall, I though, I like, tweet do you feel my like... whole life to everyone, Jack. You know. Well, well. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Really, well, I I just tweet what I feel all the time, and also use reverse <laughs> reverse jinxes, and also just there's people that don't understand yes, that, that I, the, the, I can't. The crippling pressure of always having to tweet feels like a loss, or the post game video reaction, or whatever it must be. Dude, 
you want to talk about pressure filled <laughs> situations. I, I feel like I have the weight of an entire fan base on oh, me. Oh, yeah, you do. It's, it's, but you're right to feel that way. You should feel that way. But overall, like, do you do you feel like you're getting stronger? Like, do you feel like, oh, you yeah, know, I mean, it was push ups. I mean, it's only been a week, but yeah, it's push ups. Push ups are good. Do you man. think, do you think you could beat me in an arm wrestling match? Yeah, I do. I think I probably <laughs> No, you don't really? I think so. I know you're much bigger than me. So well, no, that sounds like that sounds like an insult. I'm not that much bigger than It you. was only meant to be like twenty five percent an insult. Seventy five percent was just stating a fact. So all right, listen, yeah. listen. You want to fight? We'll fight. I mean, this is where this is. I I've never de- to fight I, here's, in my life. What, here's what I definitely know, and and it is germane to the first part of the conversation. I'm sure I could do more push-ups than you. I feel incredibly confident about that. Oh yeah, no, you definitely can. Okay. I, I remember, I'm pushing a lot of weight. <laughs> like I'm pushing, I'm pushing a, a good amount of weight. Like I, yeah, I'm like strong, but not strong at pushing. My yeah, body you're up. pretty strong. You you might be me in arm wrestling. You're big. You're definitely like like tall and strong. Anything else? Hus- husky is that a word? Work. And looks looks like someone that sat eighty two to eighty four and got <laughs> rocked in college. Or anything else? I mean, you run every day, dude. I mean, you run every day. Um, all right, is it top five? It feels like it's. I don't know. I, I, I kind of want to continue this conversation yeah. we're having right now. Thus, also keeping you awake. <laughs> yeah, so. I know you always do, buddy. You always do. It's, <laughs> it's really kind of you. It's, who's it's, better? Who's better at extending <laughs> games slash podcasts? Me or the Phillies bullpen? Oh my god. Oh man! Are you gonna answer the question? I mean, oh god, you are because the Phillies bullpen can't be better at anything other than being terrible. <laughs> so there you go. All right, here's my top five. You Yay! ready? Is it a revised list of most painful loss or no? <laughs> no, oh, no, good. no. Good. I could do that. I for, I totally. Um, like there's a couple there's uh there's my guy sk and there's mike chioto who like they also feel pain with philly stuff and they've been tweeting out like their most painful losses you know what loss i totally blacked out and totally forgot about but should have definitely been on my top five list was the which one the yadiel hernandez like scrub from the nationals who hit a ball off a think workman like 450 feet oh remember him like he was like a yeah. 40 he's like the chris coast of those nationals yeah like, yeah that sounds familiar to me i mean brandon workman man god brandon workman and eth Embry, that is well i, mean, I don't know man that era <laughs> was just those two guys in particular were close to as rough as it's ever been We'll see, because there might be something on my top five about that. Tough. Oh, <laughs> here let's go. are. So we're about a month and what? About a month and a half into the season. Uh, we are a uh, little, yeah. Like so, it started April, so like a month and a week. Wow, it's already been. Man, I always forget how much pain they pack into. Oh, uh, they they they, they keep it. It's like it's like a, a box. You're watching a boxing match, and they just keep pummeling the belly, like the you know the boom, boom, boom. That's a Philly season for us. Anyway, um, here are my top five most reliable things about this Phillies team. Given that we are a month and a half in, and I think that we we sort of know them, James. Um, the, the the fifth one is that 
Ben Davis will always critique any catcher that goes to one knee. It, it is like, dude, it's a passion project for him. I know, like he, I know. like he can't help himself. He I mean, gets so, it's so great. He gets so upset about it. He's like, how could you do that? Like, it's great. Like, dude, it'll be, it'll be like one thirty in the morning, East coast time. And Ben Davis will be yelling about a catcher that is on yeah. one knee trying to block baseballs. I will and, say, I appreciate any announcer in general across the board. Like, getting really passionate about stuff like that. Cause it's like, good. Like you have, you have a little fire about the game you, you still are involved in. It's good. Yeah. God forbid. Right. I mean, exactly. It's, it's, it's my point. You know, like I, we've heard so many announcers over time, especially like national guys who it sounds like don't even like care about the sport they're announcing. So yeah, I'm with you. And I keep thinking like, all right, is Ben Davis right or wrong? And like, there's a part of me that's like, all right, I totally get it. But then I'm trying to think like, how much does stealing strikes help your team more than blocking a baseball? But there's just no, there's just no way that blocking the baseball is not a more important task than 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 framing a pitch. Yeah, especially situationally, right? Like, also, it's why like, can't you do it's both? like you? Like, but that, that, that exactly. That's my thing. I think I think it's a combination of two things. One, I think it's that it's that. In any situation, like, you know, if there's no one on base, fine. Do the, you know, the one leg, who cares? But if there are runners on base, you shouldn't. And then on top of that, to your point, I do think there are just certain guys who are particularly talented or or not ambidextrous, excuse me, um, uh, agile or, you know, um, whatever that are able to just quick or whatever that can do it any number of ways and be successful or that's the way they feel most comfortable or whatever. But I, I think for the most part, you probably... I think he's probably more right than wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I, I appreciate a good bit, and I think Ben Davis' is <laughs> bit do. of... You really do appreciate a good bit. Uh, you know, I'm a bit guy. Um, a bit man. My, my fourth most reliable thing about this Phillies team is, is James. I am just... I, I couldn't be more in love with Johan Camargo, and I just I think he just makes winning plays. Like, my, my fourth most reliable thing is, like... I don't know if it's at the plate. I don't know if it's in the field. I don't know if it's base running. But when Johan Camargo plays, he is going to make winning baseball plays. And and that's something I think like he might be the best bench player of my life. You know, oh, I think Dobsy Dobsy's up there. Stop. Tomas Perez is up there. Abraham Nunez, Juan Castro, like they're all up there. But man, wow! I you don't even you. give Bruntlett a shout out. The champion. Oh, stop! Eric Bruntlett was. I mean, Michelle out champion Eric Bruntlett. I mean, unbelievable. But anyway, Camargo. You know, even when he starts, it's like not a disaster. Also, I I'm not one to call out, um, you know, stats or websites or official rule book keepers at baseball games, but my eyes tell me that Johan Camargo is not batting 239. Like there's oh, just... good. Oh, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Thank you. If, it, if you could please get Johan Camargo back to what his actual uh, stash line is, which I'm pretty sure is at least 280. That'd be great. Like there's no way, there's no way Johan Camargo is batting 239. Yeah. I was surprised when I looked at his numbers too. Um, but you know, he's had some big hits and, and he, he plays three spots. He could play second. I'm sure if they need him to, this happened, but like he plays multiple spots around the diamond, which is super valuable. He's a really valuable guy. We've talked about it and I, I dig him too. Um, I think he might be going slightly too far, but, um, and he, he, I would never, and he, and he certainly has cooled down since his, uh, you know, he's the best player on the team in April. 
uh, early April uh, performance. But yeah, he's a nice find. I'm really happy he's on the team. I'm with you. Um, my third most reliable thing about this Phillies team is he might not have the highest average. He might ground into an absurd amount of double plays. But man, Kyle Schwarber is going to hit big home runs for this team. Love you know, it. and I Love like it. he just. It seems like whenever they need one or whenever they need to extend a lead, he he's done it so far this season. He did it that Mets series up in Queens. Um, he had a big home run, obviously last night. You know, I just I just trust that guy in big moments, and frankly, that's been his calling card. Whether it's only off Garrett Cole in playoff series or the the or the home run last year against the Astros. Kyle Schwarber is a slow heartbeat guy, and I just I, I, I can't get the image of Matt Stairs out of my head when he hit that home run on, on Friday night. It was it was the same thing. It was number twelve in LA hitting a ball into the night. And I, I the average has been frustrating. I get that. But I think that guy helps this team win more ball games than he doesn't. And I, I still trust them to hit big home runs when they need them. 100% with you. Like, couldn't agree more. And I definitely get the stairs flashbacks to it. So clear, especially the build, the whole thing. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. And the amount, of, like, he's already hit one from there and almost hit another. Like, his ability to go down to one knee and almost hit or hit home runs is, is truly astounding. Yeah, and he's, like, powering through the whole. Also, are the, are the balls getting unjuiced or is it just the weather heating up? I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, um, I can't tell. I don't know. Uh, the second most reliable thing about this Phillies team, which, you know, I, I, I felt again today, when there's a chance to really capitalize momentum, they will automatically halt that. I mean, today was the, the biggest lock of the year was they were going to lose today. <laughs> it's so, you know, the, so true. Well, because so the whole week it's like, hey, Phils are back. Phils are back. Phils are hot. You know, like, because they're playing until 2.30 in the morning. Um, like most sane people aren't staying awake for it. The day that everyone can finally sit down and watch a nice Sunday afternoon, of course they blow it. So, you know, any chance they can to, to not fully capitalize the momentum. And, like, dude, if they lost on Saturday, like how they lost today, and they came back and won like they did on Saturday, like if they won, if you just flip flop today. And yeah, yesterday, I'm so with we're, you. We're I'm recording. So with you. I know. Are, are winning the three, World three of four with a big win today. Totally with you, buddy. Totally with you. So that that part just frustrates me. And the number one most reliable thing about this Philly season going forward is that the the Alvarado Brogdon or not Alvarado Familia innings. Oh, they're Uh, just they're you called it before that we called it when when they signed Familia. You did this exact same thing. You were like, oh, Alvarado Familia, it's gonna be that type of thing. Like you literally said that. Well, and now they're and now they're in high leverage spots, which yeah. is like, well, like if you want to, like that's the problem. Joe has to. Use I would those rather guys. see James Norwood than either of those guys in a high leverage spot. I would rather use Norwood, Bilotti, Nick Nelson, uh, who looked good in that high leverage spot the other night. I mean, yeah, for sure. Y- yeah. So, um, and honestly, you know, <clears throat> Brogdon. It was nice that he got back to ninety-seven yesterday, and I uh, was able to find the strike zone. Not totally sold on him being back but um you know good signs from from him but like the the alvarado familia innings are just gonna be killer for the rest of the year and you know if you want to use those guys in the sixth seventh i get it but you're gonna lose more games than you'll win 
with them being high leverage spots. And I, I will, I, I don't care what the numbers are. I don't trust them at all. My gut doesn't trust them at all. And today was another example of that. And like, if you can just, if he can just, if Dombrowski can just add one more legit, legit reliever through a trade, then I, I, I think Knable can get the job done most nights in the ninth. I don't think he's about to down spiral into a disaster. I, I, believe in Sir Anthony more than I don't. But if you can have that third guy to where it just pushes everyone back down a little bit on the on the in the bullpen, it would just be so massive. So um those two are just brutal. They have no idea where the ball's going. It seems like it's it's all of a sudden runners on second and third less than two outs in a heartbeat. And it just it just makes games excruciating. So um it's frustrating and I, I, I don't really see it changing anytime soon until around the trade deadline. Outstanding top five, buddy. I couldn't agree more. And I'm ready for bed. What you got? You got any final thoughts, my friend? <laughs> cooked. Cooked. This guy's cooked. I will say the, the West Coast trips really took it out of me. Like, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm old. And especially when I text you today when the, uh, the Reds lost a game when they throw a new hitter and I was – texting you about Andy Hawkins losing a 4 nothing no-hitter, and turns out 1990, I said the early 90s, I looked it up, it was 1990, um, that I remember vividly. I Man. showed my age. So, you know, I'm old, Jack. The West Coast games took it out of me, buddy. I'm feeling it. Yeah, you know, and honestly, for the first time in a while, I appreciated staying up for the West Coast games. I made some coffee late at night. Maybe it was because I. I know I you like, tweeting like coffee's on. It's like let's go win a ball game. <laughs> I'm like you're such a dad. You're like way more of a dad than I am. Well, no, and then it did, coffee's it on. Well, I mean, how else am I supposed to stay up through pure adrenaline? No, I don't. I, I, I like I said before. I no problem with you drinking coffee. Just don't tweet coffee's on. Let's go get a win. I'm just trying to help the team win ball you games. You did, and they won I'm that game. Let, so you know what? I, I, I really can't quibble too much, buddy. I'm trying to let I'm trying to let the Phils know that hey I'm up and it's time to go win a ball game. You know that's a very motivating tweet. Uh, I'm sure you felt really motivated. I I, I can't tell I if it was the coffee. I was. I can't tell. I can't tell if it was the coffee that kept me the wake, kept me awake, or just the uh, the the heart attacks. I felt like I was giving myself having to watch the Phils blow leads. Um, but it was a good West Coast trip, and thankfully they made it mostly worth it until today. But hey. At least today was a day game. So it's not that bad. Love it. It's a really great take, Jack. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I'll give you... Uh, do you have any final thoughts or is that it? No, I'll let you go to bed, I guess. Thanks, buddy. Um, I'll leave Padres you... in town this week. I'm excited for this. The Padres have been good. They've played really good baseball. Uh, beat the Braves today, which was nice, and extras. Um, so they've been on the road. They're coming in from a road trip, so that's nice, too. So you're not the only one traveling. Um, and you get the off day tomorrow. So it's good. Uh, Padre, the schedule's intense. Like till, till the, you know, you know, a week and a half into June, it's nuts. They got a lot of good teams on it. So, um, um, you know, beating good teams is important. So it was really good to see them do that. Um, I'll leave you with a, a Kevin Stocker stat here when I was listening. Did you realize that the eight of Kyle Schwarber's home runs have come on the road? So he hasn't hit a home run at home since he hit that opening day, open the season home run. Isn't that wild? 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think T Mac brought that up as well. Did so. he? Okay, I heard Stalker yeah. bring it up, but that's nuts. I had no idea. That's that's pretty wild. Hit a home run in Philly, Schwarbs. Come on, buddy. Well, but road road games are where uh, yeah we need winners. it. We need it. We need it. I agree. Yeah, well, that's where winners show that they're truly winners. So um, that's where yeah, the Fritzes I mean, are born on the road. Yeah, just pure. I've literally, I think I've only been on on one losing baseball team in my entire life. I believe just, it, man. Just I want to throw that it. one out there. I believe. Um, it. But yeah, so I'll let you go to bed. I uh, want to go to bed for real. But I quick, I'm very tired. <laughs> but quick, quick final thought. Um, I think the Phillies are playing good baseball. Nice. Yeah, no, You're just I'm keeping excited. me awake now. This is. I, you don't have anything else to say. You're just doing this, aren't you? I'm on to you. I'm on to you. I do feel good about where this team is at. And I mean, listen, just don't don't kill all momentum by facing the Padres at home. Let's 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 ride this thing out for a little bit. And hey, maybe get over five hundred. Let's just yeah, let's mix that a, one a in noble there. cause. All right, um, follow the analytics. I'm gonna get out of here before you keep talking. He's spread some salt. See you later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.